Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lovejoy, actually, a recap podcast about Lovejoy. Um, lovely to be with you all again. Um, now, we always get into trouble introducing ourselves, so um, I'm gonna let I'm gonna go with the alphabetical. Um, what's the word? Protocol. Protocol. Uh, and allow us to introduce ourselves in that way. Hello, everybody. I'm Em. I'm Helen. And I am Paul. And I have learned the alphabet since we last recorded this podcast. Which is fantastic. With, with my um, English degree. I, I know. It served me well those, those three years. And today we're talking about Series 5, Episode 10 of Lovejoy. Series 5, Episode 10. I've realised we haven't got that many left because, you know, no, this, no. Is, this is a quite a long series, but Series 6 is only 10 episodes and there's no special at the end of it. Oh, I mean, we're, so we're getting we're really there. we're nearly there. Just stick with us, sad. people. Stick with us. Um, so... So, yeah, so Series 5, Episode 10, which is called Goosebumps. Ooh. But so, that, I now associate that with that series of teenage R. L. Stein. books. R.L. Stein. Mm. Um, but they made, um, they've made two films, two Goosebumps films, which are very good. I bet they're not as good as this. Jack Black's I, in them. I, probably not oh. as good as the podcast, mm. no. But. <laughs> the I wasn't meaning the podcast. I was, I was more meaning this, this Charlie-heavy episode. Oh, with I a, see what you mean. Charlie-heavy yeah, episode yeah, with yeah. a bikini-clad Charlotte. I, I can't help feeling this Goosebumps is better than those Goosebumps, yeah. but each to their own. Yeah, I mean, it was big, though, when I was a teenager. Goosebumps. Was it all Love was, was there, big when I was, was a teenager. Was it R.L. I mean, what was the other R.L. Stein thing? Was there another series... I feel like there was another one actually that was more more Point my era. horror. Point horror. Oh my god, that dredged oh out god. of nowhere. Was that R.L. Stein? Yes. Point I remember horror. all of that. Oh my god, I used to read that. That's what I was thinking of when you said goosebumps. Point. Do you know? Horror. I have not. There's, there's thought 100% of those. a podcast about these. I'll link oh my it god. in the show notes. I know. Oh my god. Is there a is there a podcast about it? There's oh, yes, yeah, there's yeah, already is. Point the books. I'm sure oh, there is. I thought you were meaning we could do them because I used to read those oh, obsessively. I have literally oh, not thought of them since horror. I was about 13. I was obs- They were the yeah. only horror books I liked. I they were amazing. I mean, them. I always loved. I love horror. I've always loved horror. It's my thing. And, um, oh my god! I feel like this is this weird moment of I have not thought about them no, since. No, I haven't until it just tripped off my tongue. Then, like point magic, horror. I don't oh know how god. that happened. But anyway, point I'm horror. Look them up. They were so good. I'm sure thirteen-year-olds don't read now. them anymore, but they should. So, any thirteen-year-olds that are listening, I'm sure you all do. Uh, I'm sure this, other... is, this is big amongst the early teens. Oh my teens. god! And they had those amazing covers. I've yeah. just looked yeah. them up. Oh my god! This makes me feel old. There's, there's a blog about it for certain. Oh my god! I love I'm them. I love them. Well, there we go. There's the I next have one. read like all of these. Oh my holy shit! Let's just talk about this all episode. We can come already back off do... track. Not even two minutes. In. The other one I read around the same <laughs> around the same time, or maybe a couple of years earlier, was I read all of the Babysitters Club books. Oh, no one reads those Babysitters anymore. Club Babysitters well. Club. That was, it was the other the same era, wasn't it? Babysitters Club. Oh my god, this is insane. Babysitters yeah. Club. I feel so old. Anyway, let's. Uh... So series five sit and goosebumps. Nothing to do with R.L. Stein. Disappointingly. Um, <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll come back to the dead girlfriend. I remember reading the dead girlfriend. The dead girlfriend. Yeah. Holy fuck! You can get them all. They're like two pound fifty on. Oh my god! This well, is amazing. Somebody's got a birthday coming up. I've yeah. got a birthday coming up. <laughs> I want, and that is an R.L. Stein. Because they weren't all R.L. Stein. They were. They, no, they weren't. They weren't. It was That's like true. Mills and Boom. But the, I'm not sure if R.L. Stein is actually a real person. It probably isn't. No, I pro- think I mean, it might not be a real person. So this episode, UK TV plays summary. So. They've uh, gone a little bit 
you know, saucy for this one, but actually it's kind of true of this episode. This is the episode, yeah. Yeah. So the antiques ace with an eye for a bargain and the ladies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is true. So, yeah. That's the general description. And then specifically this episode, Lovejoy helps a widow, Kelsey please, yeah. sell two China geese, hence the episode. But as usual, he's up to his old tricks. It was a very odd antique, although it led to much hilarity. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. This this was a, a, a roller coaster of an episode, I think. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to say up front, it was pretty good. I loved it. I, loved I absolutely it, yeah. freaking loved it. It was have brilliant. We, brilliant. Have we all written the same thing first from when what, this Pete name... Pete Pete exclamation mark. We have, I yeah. think. Well, I definitely I have. have to be honest, it took me a while for some reason. Maybe it was the wig. Okay. I, yeah, I just... For, it took me ages. and it, I, don't, I can't remember at what point. And I was like, it's Pete Postlethwaite. But I don't know, <laughs> like, yeah, it was... It was. I, I'm going to blame the wig. Because it was obviously him. He's very yeah. distinctive well, looking. To be fair, I don't know how I didn't. I saw his name flash up in the credits, so I was primed for Postlethwaite. Oh, see, I wasn't there. Looking at I was ready. <laughs> so Pete Postlethwaite. So he's brilliant in this, obviously, as he is. He's brilliant in everything. Yes, he's brilliant in everything. Isn't so he? he's, I like he's... that one where he goes around Ireland putting up aerials or whatever it is. Might have got that wrong. Just in case you don't know who Pete Postlethwaite is, um, he was an English actor who's been in about a million billion trillion films um he was in the name of the father he was in brassed off um he was in the usual suspects he was the weird lawyer mysterious lawyer guy um and the film that i'm talking about is called among giants and it's actually set in yorkshire uh, it's a british film from the 90s directed by a guy called sam miller and yeah it's it's about people who are painting electricity pylons uh, it's really good though so, yeah, we start on a ferry with Pete Postlethwaite, don't we? That's the opening. I've written Helen's favourite location, the docks, but then it was the ferry port, so I, I was know. wrong. But also, because a lot of the things in this episode, I mean, I suppose at the minute, so at the time of recording, we're quite, I mean, what are we in? Some sort of lockdown and we're going to, uh, who knows? Anyway, we can't do a lot of the things that we normally do. And um, I'm, I'm getting, it's really getting to me, as it is to everyone. And so, like, you know, when you just see all these things, you're like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't get on a ferry I'm not allowed to leave the country. <laughs> Do you find, oh, I, it's a ferry. I can't, like... I remember ferries. Yeah, I can't. And then he goes to the dentist. I was like, well... I remember the dentist. The dentist. He was a dentist I was getting nostalgic for. And then they're in the <laughs> pub. And I was like, all right, rub it in. Yeah, the pub. 27 years in the past. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... So we so we start... So Pete Postlethwaite's getting on a ferry. We find out it's Harwich, obviously, which makes sense. Harwich to Hook. I guess that's the Hook of Holland, right? That they're talking yes. about. Yes. Sorry, I don't know why Pete Postlethwaite getting on a ferry just really made me laugh. Well, I'll tell you, the thing, I, the, podcast, but the oh, thing no. I wrote next will make you laugh because I've put hat and toupee fly off, brackets, Fleming's toupee, question mark. <laughs> that did make me laugh. Because I did wonder if it was going to come back or not. I mean, it's all of it. Here's Pete, smiley face, on a ferry. It's more... It's more a bit of a recurring joke, isn't it, the wig? It's not so much that it's it's it's, it's um relevant. Point. It's mm. just that like it's quite a funny sort of um running joke where like every time you see him he's got some other ridiculous yes. wig on. It's quite it was funny. And I quite like that. I quite like there being a running theme for humour. We yeah. haven't had that for a while. There's quite a lot of humour like in this episode. Did anyone yeah. write down who wrote it? 
Yes, Jeremy Paul, and we've had him oh, a lot before, okay. and he's written some very funny ones this, before. The, the dialogue in this one is particularly good. It was hilarious. It was I loved very, it so much. Good. So, yeah, so, the, so we see people's work throat on a ferry. We don't know anything about what he's doing. He's just there. He loses his hat and his wig, and that's that. And then we see Lovejoy at the dentist. So, as I say, I was getting even nostalgic for the dentist. And basically, the dentist... So, because, you know, as everyone just likes to tell Lovejoy about their relative who's a widow i mean it's this it's a usual theme so the dentist's um brother-in-law so basically his sister's husband has disappeared after being seen on a ferry so we obviously are like Ooh, this is people together yeah also immediately relevant though which is quite good i was like oh you're not wasting mm. any time here jeremy paul who yeah. also wrote who is the fairest and dainty dish oh, oh excellent i love those ones um, but it's really weird because, like, basically saying, oh, yeah, you know, my brother-in-law went missing a few weeks ago, last seen on this ferry, but he hasn't been seen since. They couldn't, they haven't found a body or anything. We don't know what's happened to him. But they they're they seem to be very casually just assuming that he's dead. Yeah. After, three, after three weeks, I mean... But you know. presumably they found his hat in the water and his toothpaste. I mean... I thought that was the point, wasn't yes, it, that, it, of the sort of assumption. I, I think that is that is it, yeah. So they've they found that, but you know, basically they they I was even at this point I was like, mm, is he though? Is he dead? Mm. Um, so basically, of course, Lovejoy agrees to help Maureen, who's the sister of the dentist, to um, pay. No, sorry, in. in <laughs> Sorry, so, just remind me. Like this, this is the sister of my dentist. I was about to say, yeah, the French lessons. The sister of the dentist. Uh, la sœur du dentiste. Dentiste. Yeah. Um, so she um, needs helping out because she's been left widowed. And then it, he doesn't really say what she needs help with, but we assume it's to sell Death. some stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Lovejoy gets his ninety-six pound dentist bill and is like, "Yeah, I'll help you." You know, in exchange yeah, if for, you just don't for ninety-six what quid. Did, what did he have done in nineteen ninety-three for ninety-six? I was trying to work that, and and he certainly wouldn't be able to talk after if it was something that would have cost him ninety-six but pounds back then. Surely. Beth and Tink did go and pick him up. They did, but then he was so, like, "Oh, I'm just hurting a bit." Whereas yeah. I once had a I once had a filling, and I had a job interview right after it because I'm a dick. I did not get the <laughs> no, job. That was very and I went in, and I was like, "Hey, sorry, I just went to the dentist." Well, to be fair, it depends what it was because I had a crown receptionist. Because my had... job was as a receptionist. <laughs> 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 but yes, go on. Sorry, I was going to say I agree. A filling would be tough, but I had a crown, and like you go for a few. So like by the last one, all they literally do is put on the crown. Yeah. So and it, but it costs like um, fortune, probably yeah, equivalent of ninety six pounds. Um, but by the last appointment, you're like, oh yeah, you, it's fine. You don't. They don't do anything in the last appointment. It's so weird. So maybe it was. Oh, I had an extraction. I had yet another extraction. I basically got no teeth left, and I had to have like a full escort. And I was like, I don't need an escort. I was like being escorted <laughs> out of the building, shrieking. <laughs> Didn't remember any of it. Anyway, ninety six pounds at the dentist. Yeah, he does have lovely teeth though. So. I mean, he's got lovely Fair everything, is. isn't he? We've, oh, we've talked oh, about that. Oh, let's not go there. It's just too, bit too much, this again. episode, isn't it? Oof. It is. Oh, well, we see him in bed later. They're oh, just building I mean, up. Is, They're building yeah. their way up. Well, so we learn that potentially dead Pete Postlethwaite, Terence Sullivan, is known as the Lovejoy of King's Lynn. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
<laughs> Although it didn't then make sense to me that he wouldn't know who Lovejoy was. Yeah. Later on. That just felt like a little bit of a... But anyway. Yeah. So obviously every East Anglian town has its own Lovejoy. That's what we learn. There's the Lovejoy of Kings Lynn, the but, Lovejoy but of Lowestoft. He's, not, he's Lovejoy. not a Lovejoy. He's just Lovejoy, not yeah. Mr. Lovejoy. That I felt that was sad. I thought there's only one Lovejoy. Yeah. There is only one Lovejoy. But yeah, so Terence Sullivan, that's the name of the guy. And basically, so they go to see Maureen the Widow. And she she seems fairly, I mean, fairly chill, considering she, her she husband disappeared really. three weeks ago. She's like, yeah, you know, I mean, someone heard a splash, but they couldn't find him. And oh, well, I guess he's gone. I wonder if so. <laughs> she heard a splash. She, she does. Says. She, what she, says. <laughs> she does seem, though, very stoic and i wonder if a bit of her goes you know like that bloke who went off in a canoe and, and faked his own death yeah, and then went, went to, to south america or whatever went, he did yeah. I, I wonder if she's going yeah but he's not dead though really is he but i'm probably not going to see him again you know yeah. she seems and now yeah. I've got all these debts to sort out and so, the fact that at the end she says look i know you're all going to be judging him but he was always good to me and that suggests because she's thinking oh, for fuck's sake you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, it's funny because basically she's found out that he's got all the, that he was in quite a financial state. He's got all these debts, but she's also very insistent that he wouldn't have killed himself. Even yeah. though he, but it's like, well, maybe he. I mean, you know, like he's got all these debts. That could be a reason. But anyway, so we're, we're like, what's going on with this guy? We don't know. Um, but then while they're at her house chatting to her about all this, um, oh, that she sort of indicates, yeah, I've got all these bills, all these demands. I don't know what to do with them. And and Lovejoy goes over to look and spies one from Charlie. Oh, yes. Demanding £3,000, but he kind of hides it in his pocket, doesn't he? So Charlie is a is a creditor of Terence Sullivan's. Um, but yeah, he's I silly. put Divi music as Lovejoy Pocket's letter, and I was disappointed then when only minutes later you realise it's actually only from Charlie. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God, what's he found? He's found something that's, like, worth some huge amount, or it's really... And then realised it wasn't. Yeah, it was just a letter <laughs> saying, with Charlie saying, you scumbag... Give me, yeah. give me my three grand. I was now. just like, oh, it's just Charlie being a dick, and I thought this was some great, you know, the opening of some. It, well, yeah, there was yeah. the divvy music. Don't know why there was. Um, There's lots of themes here. I feel like I could do a GCSE uh, music or, 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 <laughs> or just... a GCSE love joy. I could easily I could identify do love joy. the but themes do... and motifs. Yeah, within. the theme, but the themes and motifs, because all the the light motifs, if you will, come in here because you get the Victoria Cavero love joys in love music later mm. on. Yeah. Recycle the, the, love, jo- love theme. The love theme yeah. from the Love, love joy. joy. love theme. Da, uh-huh. da, 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 da. Um, anyway, I'm jumping ahead. But um, so then we then we cut to Charlie, who seems to have offered a, a, an older lady use of his pool. Oh, so he, his outdoor pool. I want to know how this first came about, because a bit later, and again, I'm sorry, I'm ruining it today, because I keep saying, and a bit later, but you cut to it, and there's just loads of old women in his pool. Yeah. And well, how he, did he end up Charlie, with old women in his pool? Charlie wants to be a magistrate, doesn't he? And she yeah. is a JP, is she? I can't remember what her, she well, is. Her she husband is, a, I believe. Her husband yeah. is a judge. Got it. But, but how did it come up in conversation... Well, let me swim in your pool, not a euphemism, and I'll get oh, you. No, I think, it's more like, I think it's more like, oh, oh, Celia, um, you know, wife of Mr. Judge, would you like to come and swim in my pool? But that's a but random, also, that still sounds like a chat-up line. When you say it like that, it just I sounds dirty. that she was already, because of what happens next, so I'm doing it as well now, but I think she was already kind of intrinsically linked, not, with Charlie, but with Felsham Hall. No, because I agree. she seems to have an idea about 
what the events of the year should look like and what the people I don't think Felsham Hall had a pool when Jane was there. No, it didn't, did it? It didn't. So he must have put it in because he had a pool because he he had an indoor pool. pool. Yeah. He had an indoor pool because it used to have the bottom bottom tattoo Charlie more and more and more. But it's the first thing he did in this great, lovely country house was sort of stick a LA style swimming pool in it. It's like Santa Bloody Monica. (laughs) I mean, I presume it's heated. Otherwise, it's no fun at all. I mean, goodness me. It's lots of fun. Anyway. It is lots of fun. I went swimming in the Lido the other day. It was five degrees outside. It's unheated. It was lovely. So, yeah, so basically, he's off to the East Coast pool so he can ingratiate himself with her and become a magistrate. But he only wants... I mean, you get the impression he only wants to be a magistrate for the status, not because he's got any interest. And interesting, who else was a magistrate? Oh, uh, yes, he was, wasn't he? I was wanted to Alexander. say Pamel Douglas. Alexander. Alexander. Pamel I know, Douglas. I wrote, I wrote <laughs> Alistair and then crossed it out and wrote Alexander. I've forgotten. He's so easily forgotten. He is. Who, best, he? best forgotten, Alexander. So, yeah. Um, and so, yes, as you say, um, he, um, so she's leaving. The, the, the lady, we actually don't find out her name, the lady. She's and, very paggy-aggy here. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen any advertisements about your uh, the dog, dog show. show. The traditional dog show. That happens at the end of this month. It's the way she goes, only I haven't seen it advertised. I just thought, God, I hate women like that. We were like, <laughs> you know, we were like, uh, listen, you've actually got a job to do and I can see you haven't got a clue how to do it, but I'm not going to offer you any help or help you organise this. I'm just going to say, by the way, you are meant to do it like this. It's the ultimate passive-aggressive British thing, though, because a nice person would go, well, you're you're new to this. Oh, I'm not sure if you're aware. I'm assuming you're not, but actually Lady Felsham used to do this. Do you want Um, hand sorting it out? Yeah, (laughs) it'd be great if you could carry on doing it, but I I can see you probably want a hand, because it's a bit off, really. Yeah. You buy a house and it's time to... And, of course, Charlie's like, oh, instead of saying, well, actually, I haven't got time to do it, I need some help. He's like, oh, yes, of course, of course. Imagine that, a... if you if, if the estate agent, you go and look at your flat in Peckham, and they say, but you, you've got to run a dog show. Like, <laughs> run a dog show. Like, you can have the, but you've got to, I mean. It's in the lease. You've got it's to in the lease. The dog <laughs> Paragraph 87, you know, dog show, oh. manual dog show. Um, so, that's, so that's that storyline. So we've kind of got, like, um, at least... Well, two two things going on. How many or three? I'm confused. Three things. Oh, there's going a lot on. of there's a lot we've of got strands. Possibly on or possibly off a ferry. And then we've got the Here's Charlie and the dog show. In Charlie and the dog show. So and then in the meantime, Maureen, the widow, has found a key in Terence's suit pocket, which she decides to tell Lovejoy about. Because mm. I guess in, I mean in that first conversation, he doesn't sort of agree to help her, but it's all a bit like help her in what way? I'm still a bit like, well, what? Because there's not really any talk of like. I guess initially the plan was probably because when he goes to meet her the first time, he is clearly sort of peering, looking yeah. around. Yeah. And I think the idea is it's the old fashioned widow in need. Is there going to be one item here that's special? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, there isn't. No, there isn't. But there is a key. So she gives it to Lovejoy. And so him and Tink go to open. I don't know how they know. I guess it must have a tag on it because it does have a thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it must say know. what say what it's for. Which, if you've got a mysterious key to your prized possession, seems a bit silly to me. It, it <laughs> does leave really. it. <laughs> just leave it with with clearly labelled. This is where you find. Do you know my... what? I hadn't thought about this until you've just pointed out. This is kind of an enormous <laughs> plot hole, isn't it? <laughs> because how was right? Maybe yeah, anyway, just... let's carry on, and we'll come to it. At the Maybe end. he was just so confident that no one was gonna. You but know. he needed to go and 
get what was in the lockup, didn't he? He did. He presumably had another key. He's not necessarily the sharpest tool in the box either. I mean, I wanted to know why he came back and was ambling around in the region where he disappeared from later on. I mean, there's yeah, there there are many plot holes. There are many things that didn't quite add up in this one. So you could sort of let it go because it was so nice as it sort of bobbled along. It was. It was lovely. Well, also, I did partly put the plot holes down to him being a bit of an idiot yeah. rather than the writer. Yeah. And also perhaps he's, he's meant, not, not he's really not be being smart. in it. No, and I, and I didn't get the feeling he was... He, he's not a, a baddie or a, you know... In fact, he's almost arguably in this mess in the first place because he isn't like Lovejoy and clever mm. enough to always win and wheedle his way out of things. Yeah, yeah that's true. So um, they go to open the storage container and they find... This is where we meet the stars of the episode. <laughs> the 19th century Chinese geese. Yes. I mean... I, I just they were horrible they were okay I'm glad you said that because I just thought who would well we know who and we find out and I I wonder if it was used purely for the humor of just the weirdness of it and and again this obviously will come up later but like my mother-in-law used to collect owls things with owls on them so like earrings mm. and little uh just, just sort of random little ornaments and stuff yeah so they, I mean, but they were horrid. Lovejoy's they were huge. Like, but yeah, they're definitely meant to be underwhelming, aren't they? Because even Lovejoy oh, yeah. is like, well, these are just—they're really not that exciting. They are literally just two porcelain geese, but they just look like geese. Geese. They just they're kind like, of yeah. pretty much life size, almost. They're like the kind of thing you would buy at a garden centre. Yeah. They're really nothing special. They really are. Yeah, that they'd be outside in a garden centre and you'd go, who the hell would buy those? And yeah. Yeah. And, so, yeah, and he says, oh, they're worth about two or three grand. But obviously, you know, two or three grand is two or three grand. Like, Yeah. Well, it'd pay Charlie back, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, Tink says it'll pay Charlie back and Lovejoy says, no, no, it should go to Maureen. Yeah, I mean, Maureen. he's right, but, you know, the, the amount Maureen. of money. <laughs> Maureen. <laughs> Maureen's having her sorry. This is a weird thing, right? So all the way through this, obviously, so we know that Terence owed Charlie this three grand, but we presume he wrote the letter. Um, so, and that these geese are worth about three grand. But there's all the way through, as we know, Terence had lots of other debts um, and creditors. But so for some reason, Charlie is assumed to be like number one creditor. Like if we get any, if we get any money off of Terence, and I did feel we, this we must was give a it genuine, to Charlie straight away. This was like, a, a genuine plot hole. Well, I guess because Charlie would be Charlie's able to. They don't know. Mate? Charlie's well, their landlord really, as well, isn't he? He's their landlord. Yeah, he's their landlord. And he—he's no, it's not. You know, I did wonder. I did feel it was a bit of a plot hole, uh, just because I'm nosy that we were never really told who all the other creditors were or if they were relevant. We didn't really get any tidbits of information. No, it, it was all very sort of Charlie, Charlie-oriented plot, which is fine, but yeah, it—it it sort of almost didn't ring true that he'd faked his own death if. The main it creditor. It was Charlie and his <laughs> yeah. three grand and his and his yeah. champagne and his, you know. Exactly. So so basically, they are trying to work out what to do with these geese. They think, oh, well, so I guess he kind of decides I'm going to sell them and help out Maureen with this money. Christie's confirmed the price, two or three grand. So you know, but then Mike, Mike and Macclesfield. Oh, sorry, Martin in Macclesfield. Well, I didn't even make any to reference fair, to anyone in Macclesfield. It could have been so. Michael in Macclesfield and I just wasn't paying attention. Might have been, anyway, it could be so Michael McIntyre. Michael McIntyre in somewhere else um, has offered four grand. So basically, Lovejoy now starts to think, oh, why would someone pay four grand for these geese? Does someone know something that we don't? Mm. So he's like, oh, I need to, I'm not just going to sell them for three grand to Christie's. I am going to see 
if I can get a bit more money. The, the answer is no, they don't know anything. There are just a lot of nutters in the world. A lot of people <laughs> just really underestimate goose nutters. But it's so interesting because, you know, like any, any animal, you've got someone. There's who, always going to be someone who collects that thing and they're so obsessed. But in an obsessive way. Yeah. And they'll have like, so, a whole room in their house which is like full of frogs or whatever. I've written, I've written uh, other plot. Two very ugly geese, apparently wanted by, in inverted commas, rival obsessives, yes. one of whom is Dutch or something. Yeah. He's actually, I think he, he says he's Dutch and then he says de Hont in Brussels, which is Belgium. I just want to point that out. Oh, uh, I feel I've got to get this in here. At this point, Lovejoy said, summit's up, Tink. He said, summit's up. Summit's up, I know. I wrote that. Summit's up. <laughs> up. He, he does, ha- so he does have that little northern, wasn't he? Just do you know? I watched this and I thought this must have been because this was the series. Your awakening. That, that I said, this was my awakening <laughs> oh, at, at like twelve. This sounds so right. I start to sound a bit like Lolita at this point, but I do remember. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like two years older than you. My awakening was Eric. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I, wow. Oh, and I was going to say something then, but I'll hold it for the bed bit. Yeah, so he says, something um, tink. So this isn't it... in the normal line of business. I know, which... Go on, Helen, you'll have run this down too. I no, imagine no, no, you were which was just No, sorry, because just... Did we have this exact same thing, like, a couple of episodes ago, yeah. or last episode, where he t- he'd fourth walls and says, like, oh, this isn't the usual line of business, helping a widow in need. I don't know, that's the only thing you do! Yeah, that is absolutely. Your, that if is you look in the yellow pages under widow in need, it's, it's you! <laughs> it's a picture of Lovejoy. <sighs> so, yeah. It's like, so it's yeah. The yellow pages, that was a lovely, timely reference there. Certainly modern. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, at least it's contemporaneous with, with Lovejoy. So. Thank you. Yeah. That was my so, um, so yeah, um, so basically he's going to help her out. He's going to try and sell these geese. He's got an idea that there might be people who could possibly pay quite a lot of money for these geese for whatever reason. So he's going to try and do that. So that's cool. So that's the story, basically. And then we cut to Charlotte. Oh, this is the other story. Oh, no. Well, we've sort of got several sort of parallel stories, haven't we? Because we've got... So the thing with the geese and Pete Postlethwaite turned, are obviously linked, but they're... I don't know, there's kind of his disappearance. You thought there was going to be more to it than that. But then you've got the uh, the classic sort of sideline plot point of... Um, well, you've got the dog show, which is mm. the funny sideline plot point, and then you've got the love story sideline yeah. plot yes, point. Yes, yeah. So you've sort of got parallels. It's all you, very lovely. So the next scene is to do with the dog show. So Charlotte's having lunch with Charlie and his cigar. Um, <laughs> about... His really offensive cigars. Like, there's, there's other He's people trying a... to eat. But he does this. He does a brilliant thing that again, I bet people at work do to. Well, they certainly do it to me, and possibly to both of you as well. Or maybe I do it to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "Oh yes, I was thinking about the dog show. I thought it'd be fabulous to have a lovely animal themed black tie event in the I evening." Thought this and was I thought, a Charlotte, idea. Charlotte, you would yeah. be the most wonderful person to organise it. I think your talents would be really well. <laughs> Can I just say, I fall for that every single time it happens to me. <laughs> It is a good idea, though. I was impressed. It with is Charlie. a good idea. It is, but I mean, it was so. You think she'd be brighter well. than that, you know? To, she's like, oh, well, no, she's not. I suppose she's not really taken in, but, but I think she does help to organise it, doesn't she? No, she, she definitely she, hosts it on the evening. Oh no, no, she helps absolutely, but I don't feel like she's taken in by the flattery yeah. Yeah. in I think the she way just that thinks this is a nice thing to it, do. It is actually do. genuinely it is actually a, a nice idea, idea, and I'm going to do it. And he's doing it yeah. for like. Animal Action, which is obviously a, a made-up Lovejoy Universe charity. I'm not sure. If it sounds real to me, maybe I'm thinking of action. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's real. Um, and <laughs> I, at this point, I've put mystery. 
read what Terence was up to slash why some people will pay more for geese. So I thought maybe... <laughs> Maybe there was like, you know, going to be some reveal of like why these geese, you know, there would be something There's about something them, inside them or something, something inside them. Yeah, yeah. Or some secret meaning that they had that they were involved in some kind of weird ritual or I don't know, something. <laughs> the <laughs> animal weird goose ritual. Yeah. The Animal you know. Action Trust. Was it the Animal Action Trust? Oh, maybe it was a real thing. Because yes. the Animal Action... No, I tell you why. Because they're actually based in Billericay, so it's a local charity. Oh, OK. Charity. So maybe it oh was a real story. They genuinely raised money for them. Oh, anyway. Sorry we need to find out if they exist and we should put a thingy in our thingy so that people can donate to them if they, they want. They do exist. I feel like as we've talked I've about I've just them. looked them up and they exist. They're based in Billericay, oh, which is sorry, very Animal sweet. Shout sorry, out Animal Action Billericay. Animal Action Trust. Yeah, sorry, Animal Action Trust Billericay. That is you. Oh, I like that it's real because then Isn't maybe it lovely? maybe other people maybe would have done the same. Maybe it wasn't real, and then and they, they named saw themselves it after the episode. Aha! Um, yeah, all <laughs> That's that. That's a catchy name. <laughs> all that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, um, so they get really into this idea of the black tie event, and Beth's going to make a leaflet. Um, which, when we see it, is the most 90s, 90s thing. I've Isn't ever it? Seen in my I loved life. it. I loved it. You yeah. like you saw it. And you rem- it's like remember that's the when that was the only way you found out about things. I'm surprised you didn't do the font in Chiller. Do you remember Chiller when that was like the only exciting font that you could get? I still use <laughs> and it was really exciting. I still use it. <laughs> but the font is really brilliant. I didn't. I should have. It is like a '90s font that she does does use, doesn't she? You know, it's not Chiller. Oh no, it, it is absolutely. It is. But the ultimate '90s font was Chiller. So basically, because Charlotte then enlists the help of Beth, um, Lovejoy and Tink. So Beth says she'll do a flyer. Um, Lovejoy and Tink are a bit like, oh, we're not really helping. But I guess they probably do end up helping in the end. And then they were chatting about the geese. And because um, they say they're going to have a sale of, as part of this black tie event, they're going to have a sale of stuff. And, and Beth's like, why don't we sell the geese there? They're animals. Like it fits <laughs> with the theme. And they're all a bit like, no. I think Lovejoy's like, no, I, I can get more money. Like, no. And so it's kind of a bit of a... Beth puts her foot in it slightly. But, but what you know what I loved? Were, oh, sorry, I loved about this so much is that when Beth turns around and says, "Yeah, but Charlotte, she's, she's one, one of us." us. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it gorgeous? It was so nice. But you it was know like, what was she's nice? She's genuinely in the gang now. She's what was nice about saying. that is Charlotte, who is probably of all of them like the most educated, the most well-to-do, the richest kind of went oh great I'm wanted it was that beautiful vulnerable moment it (laughs) It was gorgeous and I loved it that sort of little vulnerable moment of all I want to do is belong and I do it was was, really really beautiful um yeah so so this is where I think we find out about so try to sell the geese and that there's there's these rival obsessives as you said so at least we know there's one known to the Macclesfield guy and that's where we find out about De Haunt who mm, yes. maybe is a, a Dutchman living in Brussels. We, anyway, he's, yeah, he's, he's continental. Um, and it's not about but, value, it's about someone who wants them. And then they have this argument, don't they, about whether, whether De Haunt... So Lovejoy and Tink have this lovely oh, little back and forth about which I thought so they have an argument about whether De Haunt is obsessed with buffalo or geese because oh, yes. for every animal someone so there is someone mm. that collects buffalo. I love the idea that he's like is he the buffalo guy or the geese, geese guy? guy? Not like oh was it geese or was it swans? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, buffalo. No, elk. It was elk. <laughs> this is definitely woolly mammals. This is the <laughs> point at which I've written the writing in this is fantastic. Well, but and then it I've was written a enamel buffalo. But, but I thought, actually, though, the writing is good, but did you think, though, that maybe this argument was a bit improvised? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, thought it, I thought it seemed, the way they were back and forth, oh, like... Oh, it'd be lovely to you know, know, Buffalo, it? it just seemed, 
for me, I don't know. I mean, I'm no It was very... Expert, the, the thing that I thought was really good about it was how the dialogue was so in character and well done and really snappy and just very, very, very funny, like... I, you know, you owe me. I, I'll owe you a fiver. Well, you haven't got a fiver. Oh, yeah. oh well, I will when I win this bet. Wasn't yeah. it lovely? It was so sweet. I just, I just felt like, oh, that. It just seemed. I thought it may have been improvised. You know, obviously, or lot with within the parameters of the scene, but maybe it was not. lovely. It was Either lovely. way, it was, it was lovely. lovely. It was lovely. And then we go to Charlie's pool, where there are now four ladies of a certain age. Obviously, which is multiplying. It's like she she sort of she bred somehow. If I knew, if I knew somebody with an outdoor pool that was private, I'd be right straight round there. I know. I would and, too. And turns up. He Lovejoy does something that he does to a couple of other people in this episode. So he plants an idea in their head. He doesn't directly tell them something, but he plants an idea to try and influence them. So he does it to Charlie first. He plants the idea that maybe it was his letter that pushed Terence over the edge. Which is a bit harsh, really. It's a bit it harsh, is very isn't it? mean. <laughs> Although Charlie's also, the kind of person who just wouldn't give a shit about that anyway. I don't know. Also, his letter was so shit, though. Charlie's letter was. It was silly. literally like it was you unnecessarily horrid. Yeah. Give me yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. It was. You know, um, he could have sent him either a letter going, "You really need to give me the money," or, or like he could an have actually sent a legal letter or, or an invoice like or a very legal. Letter. I assumed he had sent an invoice. I will say this felt like a. Yeah, but why follow it up with just just a you know just an. Uh, empty threat yeah you know, anyway yeah mm. yeah very bizarre um and then uh and then this is what i guess this is where the love joy love theme would start to play i've written charlotte asks kate about oh. lj romantically and i'm like what does that mean charlotte asks kate romantically i was like oh kate. no wait she's trying to find out if love is actually a decent girl. but basically because kate was this lovely is Sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, so Charlotte's trying to get the info from Kate on Lovejoy about whether he's actually a decent guy or not, or whether he is just a rogue and a cat bounder and a cad and all of that. Cove, cove, yeah. But basically, because she's impressed, because I've heard that he's helping out this widow. Well, I mean, he he does that. Your friend at the care home. He does it all the time. She does sort of imply that though, and I wonder why. That's why, because Charlotte at this point. He's helped Charlotte when she had the awful boyfriend that she kicked out. He's helped, um, yeah, the the lady, the, the the nursing home and all of that. And Charlotte was with him throughout all of that. He was in danger through all of that. And Kate does sort of back it up because she gives that as the example. But then Kate says, look, he's got a good heart. Yeah. So, and also, she has he has slightly saved her life by running out of a cave with a bomb and throwing it. Oh, there was that as well. <laughs> stupid that it, it literally rather. came out of my brain i mean i was like i don't need so, to ever think about that again so That's it's like gone. that that wasn't that wasn't impressive enough for you charlotte but helping out a widow to make some money for himself at the same time is anyway never mind she's decided for whatever but reason. maybe she thinks the other things were more impetuous and then she basically what kate is saying is look he's actually going out of his way and making a thought out effort because there's one thing to be impetuous and um arguably quite dangerous to be with in some ways you know being impetuous and uh, mm. risky yeah whereas this is being thoughtful and Kate's t- a bit surprisingly actually Kate says he's really sweet go for it which actually and obviously we agree definitely go for it Charlotte maybe Kate and Lovejoy back in the day well Kate Kate's a sort of mother figure here and it's very sweet and she is very sweet she's in series six a lot as well so and she's, she's I, just I like her she's a great role. character yeah because she's just quite normal as well. We don't have m- yeah. many just like normal. She's probably people. the only normal character in it. To be fair, <laughs> she's like the token normal person. 
<laughs> and then so um so we get this that setup of the love story and then in the meantime Malcolm the dentist has called Lovejoy to say that he's had a letter from Terence risen from oh, the yes. dead asking so delivered by a blonde girl oh who we assume is the stewardess from the ferry because we yeah, see a blonde yeah. girl at the beginning um asking for the key, for the key so basically, he's now realised. Maybe this is why he's now realised. Oh shit! I need the key. Why would you write to? His <laughs> I didn't bring it with me. I'm just I, gonna. I don't understand. Maybe this was the bit the that I thought. Sorry. On. So he's writing to his. But he's writing to his brother-in-law. Oh, don't tell! Don't tell his sister. Don't tell that I'm your not sister dead, <laughs> that I'm not dead. Oh, by the way, can I? Can I? I've just. I just need this key. But but just no need to say anything. I, can I just have this? Oh, you thought I was dead? No, it's. I just need a key. It's. Um, and and you know, don't worry about a sexy blonde girl. I mean, she's def. I'm definitely not shagging her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> instead of your sister, who I'm married to, because I'm not actually dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all a bit weird. Anyway. So obviously Malcolm's got this note and he's like called Lovejoy to say, what should I do? Which is a very sensible thing to do actually in this situation for once, rather than maybe calling the police, which we normally we would say, just call the yeah. police. But actually in this scenario, calling Lovejoy is actually kind of quite sensible. Yes. Plan. So they, they decide to give her the key because obviously, you know, why wouldn't they? They've, there's nothing in the thing anyway. They've taken the geese. Yeah. Um, and then Lovejoy can, you know, stake out her the con- and see what's going on. Or yeah, so they, so they do that. And it's really raining, which is and important. Then the love theme continues. <laughs> because then <laughs> Lovejoy, so then, so Charlotte's decided that actually she quite likes him. So she's going to cook him some chops and she invites <laughs> him round. But then it's, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> cook me on my house like I've some chops. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's really rainy and wet. And he's late because he was at his dentist trying to find out about some geese. God knows. He's got these flowers. That is the worst excuse ever for being late. Oh, you see, I had to see a dentist about some geese. Yeah. You'd never believe it, would you? So he turns up at Charlotte's. He's soaking wet. He's got these, like, wilted, sad flowers that that he's got from the garage or something. Um, and, uh, And is it her dressing gown? Anyway... Wet love join her dressing gown is all I've written. She's all horny though, because he comes in, she's like, Oh, you're late, go upstairs, get Put my, my dressing, dressing gown. gown. Put <laughs> my dressing gown on, come down. Here's like, a glass of red let's wine. Let's get you out of those wet things. Let's get you under But that's I mean, she doesn't like, say my... that, but she may as well say that. This is my dream evening though, with with either of them, to be honest. I'm not I'm not fussy. Turn, Sit turn up wet, late, shit flowers. Shit flowers. No, that not that. As in, if I was, if I was, if I was, yeah. Anyway, it's, I, I would, I would totally have that evening. Somebody puts a glass of wine in my hand. One of those two puts just, a glass of wine in my hand, gives me a dressing gown. I've just yeah. looked down at my notes and it just says, "What's this? Ratatouille smooch." <laughs> that was the bizarrest. I, I put and then some odd flirting. <laughs> why is she? Have, why has she made ratatouille? And chops. And he's starving because he hasn't eaten because he didn't have yeah. his tea because he went to the dentist to start the dentist out, not to actually have dental work done. And then he turns up and he's like, I'm so hungry. I'm soaking wet. I've been doing all this crazy stuff. And he doesn't even Do you know get what? To this, this bit dinner. was implausible to me. And I know this sounds really awful. I don't know what this says about me going into middle age, but I was disappointed when I found out they hadn't eaten the chops because a bit of me was like, oh, but 
if I was, I was like, having I'm sex sorry, and my I'd stomach s- was rumbling yeah, and I was all like I'd want to have a nice dinner first let my dinner go down then have some sex yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think um, as well there were no carbs with the dinner pork and chops there were no, and ratatouille there were no carbs, which, is, which is actually probably alright in that you don't want to be too like heavy after if you're going to you know that's true that's true get, but, get it on weird, in the bedroom before, but, they, before they snog there's some suggestive comments from Charlotte so she starts saying like oh yes you missed a rainbow of my lake but it does look best in the early morning hint hint and then but did you i mean obviously she is hot but did either of you also find seductive charlotte a bit odd because she's normally so spiky and then suddenly she was like oh no i see what you mean it was a bit but i think because we've had jane and the pulling cardigan that was very odd in comparison it was only i I think if i was him i would be middling odd are you all right? Are you on yeah. drugs? What, but he's a little bit like that. Going him... But he's it, like he can put that to one side. Yeah, he's. It fine. was a bit of. It was a bit of a sudden change. Yeah. Um, and he does. I don't, what is it? He said he did say something. He looks a little bit. He definitely looks a bit suspicious. Like he a... acted very well. I thought he acted as if you could almost. Maybe I was reading in, but the character was thinking to himself what's the catch here yeah oh there isn't one because he was he was doing that there was a lot of good unspoken acting yeah his eyes like i've written aren't his eyes a nice color which suggests to me that there was a lot of eye acting but then charlotte said literally the same thing the minute i wrote it down i was like okay and then he went so do you and then i've written (laughs) he must be fucking starving (laughs) so I wrote that and I got so carried away, although, so this is the bit, this is the bit where they, oh, is this the bit where they go to bed? This yes, is the bit where they go to bed. They go to bed, yeah. So I've, so I, the, the, the dialogue, sorry, did we say that the dialogue where she says, I think I've been, he says, missing something. <laughs> sorry, I'd managed to wipe that out of my mind. And, and so she, would I. And she says, definitely. And he says, it takes time. Oh, it does take, well, no, it doesn't. I don't know why I said that. Um, but I do think in this scene he just looked a bit old, and it just reminded me. He did me look that, oh. significantly older than her, right? I just, just thought, just I mean, he is a lot older up, than her. But he's, and then I did. No, I did look it up because he's a, he's already over fifty at this point. God, in real he was life. still hot AF. I what know. the hell? Well, we, well, we're not that. Come on, I mean. I, oh, I, that's because we're nearly fifty. That's because I mean I wouldn't find that many. I we're not nearly fifty. What Helen? What were you going to say? Were you going to say I wouldn't find many twenty-year-olds attractive? No, no, I was going to say I'd find plenty of 50-year-olds attractive. I've I've always liked older men. I think I've always liked men who are 32, (laughs) regardless of whether I've been (laughs) 16 or 46. (laughs) That's the best age. 32, this is the best age. (laughs) So you've said all of this, and I've just written, have conversation here about chest hair. Um, Oh, Um, so I've I've written, they shag, of course, Dinner is forgotten. I've written a very similar thing. <laughs> oh, and they went... forgotten. Wait, what was forgotten? Oh, dinner is forgotten. Oh, oh you yeah. can make a good haiku out. Okay, right, come on, this is the challenge. They shag, of course. Oh, no, not quite. I've written... Okay, right, I've got a haiku, so... Then they shag, of course. Dinner is forgotten. Okay, it's a bit clumsy to make it a haiku, but we need the last line. Okay, come on, you guys can do this. I've got... Then they shag, of course. Next... Last line is, let's discuss chest hair. Okay, okay, so this is the hiking. So then they shag, of course. Next, dinner is forgotten. Let, what was it you say? Let's discuss chest hair. Let's discuss chest hair. That's our haiku. It's an amazing haiku. I'd written a very similar thing to Helen. I'd written, uh, oh, and they went to bed, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Of course. 
obviously. Um, but I, I, I did like... No, the reason I said let's discuss chest hair is I, I, I looked at him and I just went... That's just the right amount of chest hair. Yes, there is a very you know, specific amount of chest hair that is there the was. correct amount, isn't there? Because that's why 32 is the perfect Yeah, age. I said, when we get to this bit, when we get to this bit, let me let me discuss, you know, because, yeah, so he's lying there. And also, it's not, you know, a lot of men will have, like, one one move that's particularly hairy and another that, that isn't. He has the perfect... I mean, I've done quite a significant seen... amount of research in this area and I would like to say I've never noticed a discrepancy in you can, you, sometimes, you, you can, you can see... Maybe have, I'm not paying I've attention. Seen, well, I've seen, I've seen a lot... I, I think, to be fair, I've seen a lot of men like at the swimming pool so they're wearing swimming trunks mm. and you do get... To, you start to notice that like there are some that have an uneven spread of hair. But Lovejoy had... Perfectly distributed chest hair. I mean, it'll have been fluffed by the backstage. The fluffer, the chest the hair fluffer. fluffer. I love the idea that there's somebody whose job is to fluff. So, uh, sorry, in I, feel I have chest to say now, just hair. in case you don't know, there is actually a job called fluffer in the porn there industry. There is, <laughs> there is, there is. But no, I just, I just have admired. The right of chest hair. I yeah, I thought to myself, you know, if you're snuggling, it, it, there's enough of it that it's not going to be all sort of bristly and horrible, but it's not, it's not going to all get in your mouth and whatever because it's not too much and it's, it's get evenly spread. <laughs> If you're snuggling against, like after, because they were, I they mean, were snuggled together. Right. They were snuggled together. Post coitally. If you look yeah. at them, they you can get chest hair up your nose. In a post coital <laughs> snuggle, which is another good name for the episode, but don't quote me on that. They're having a nice point, nice. Poist coital. I sound kind of like noise. Nice coital. Post coital. Post coital. They're having a post coital snuggle. And you know, and I she's can't. snuggling. But if you snuggle against somebody's got loads of hair, like, yeah, isn't it? You don't. Yeah. It's not not good. And if it, if it's uneven, that's just weird. Yeah. 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 It did look, it looked really nice. They looked it did. like they it had lovely. a lovely time and then they were... And a, a great time was had by all. Well done, chaps. And then, well done. obviously the next day, Tink is, he's like, you know, smells the sex off Lovejoy or whatever and it's like, <laughs> you know, come on. It, what was it called? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Tink obviously, yeah, Tink knows, oh, well, I know you spent the night with her. But it's quite funny because he's still, because you're wearing the same T-shirt. Oh, it was br- what a brilliant line. I know you spent the night like, you're wearing the same T-shirt. I always wear the I same T-shirt. <laughs> Which he does, we've said that before. Um, so it's quite funny because at this point, because like Tink is trying to get the goss out of him. We're like, oh, did you call her Charlie or Lottie in the height of passion? And also, quite... why would he Charlie? call her Charlie? Charlie, that's yeah, last... like, no. That's the last thing he would that's really wrong. call her, That's so it? wrong. But it's quite funny because like Lovejoy's being a gentleman and saying, "Oh, I wouldn't, I you know, I wouldn't divulge." Men are my... like this, though. I think. Yeah. Are they? Because Definitely. then we see the flip side of. And what? then it's like he's like also because women would never divulge their secrets, and then we see it's very good because then we cut to. <laughs> of course, women. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte and Kate. I thought doesn't he know women like he, yeah, he's got quite a lot of experience with women. He knows yeah. that I women. I think talk. it's true though that like you know men like sorry people. Women think that men discuss all these things, you know, but actually but they, they don't. don't. It's women who do. Not we're in the any ones who just spend detail. We are ten minutes that, talking about chest. Exactly, we're the ones that would be like in detail about, oh yeah, his chest hair went up my nose, or whatever. Yeah, and <laughs> man would never say that sort of thing to uh, his mates. Yeah. So anyway, so Charlotte. Oh, if you Char- are a man who says that kind of thing to your mates, that's lovely. That's fine. Yeah, lovely. we don't mind. Um, so Charlotte is is sort of does divulge to Kate that obviously Kate says, "How were the chops?" And Charlotte says. What chops? What chops? 
She says it so beautifully. Yeah. She does. What? Oh, it's brilliant. But I, I love that my response, because I'm now so middle-aged, is, oh, they must be starving. When I mean, she said, what chops? That's God, all I could think I know, about. I was, was like, I, I think I would prioritise, I'd be like you, I want both. But I I'd want both. both. I'm greedy, but I would eat them afterwards. I, or you could like, they weren't even cooked. You wouldn't even. They weren't even cooked. You'd have to yeah. cook them. You wouldn't have. But the you'd, energy. you'd sort of. Wouldn't you be lying there in a little bit of you, particularly if your stomach was rumbling, which would kind of put the other person off anyway. A bit of you would be like, oh, I can't get my mind off the chops. You would, yeah. Your mind wouldn't fully be on the job, would it? <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely would be thinking about the food. Exactly. 100%. Good. I'm glad it's not just me. Um. Then back to the sort of geese, uh, Terence plot. Basically, as they've given the, the key to the stewardess from the ferry, they follow her from the lockup. So she's gone there, opened the thing, found nothing, and they follow her. And basically, they've got they've got they still don't really know what's going on. They've got these theories. So Tink thinks that maybe Sullivan was killed, and the murderer is pretending to be him yeah. and trying to get his stuff. And there's all these ideas. Anyway, they follow the stewardess to the. The F stop motel. Does that mean something? I, I didn't... didn't know. Uh, this is going to sound really silly, but it, we don't tend to have yeah, shit motels like that. Don't... I thought they'd gone are... to the... Europe. I, I thought only... they'd gone but... on the ferry. We we oh. have we have travel lodges. I I only know that there are some motels because there is one near my mum's randomly. Yeah. Like so, but there are do, some. Do, do, and it's by like the nineties. It literally looks like a very small version of, but a very typical American motel. Because of course, in a couple of episodes, I just want to say, Lovejoy stays in a motel very like this. It's indeed an American motel in North Carolina. Oh. It looks very much like you would imagine a dodgy motel to look. So they go to the, a dodgy motel. They go to the anyway. F-stop motel, and the stewardess. Meet, so meet Sullivan there. So this is where we find out he isn't dead. Obviously, we're kind of suspecting it before this point. And we have already... If, listeners, if you haven't watched the episode, we sport it for you a while ago. Anyway. Yes, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, let's meet Sullivan there. So, basically... And then Lovejoy goes to knock on the door of the motel room as well. And Sullivan answers the answers door. Answers the like, like, you, you are in hiding. You're meant to be dead. Why would you answer the door? And he's like, oh, Lovejoy, what are you doing here? It's like... Anyway, uh, I think he does know it's Lovejoy, doesn't he? I, he does, but it hasn't at some point. I'm sure at some point. I feel he like he says, Lovejoy, what comment. are you doing here or something like that. Yeah, he? I was sure at some point he he implies he doesn't know. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at one point he he said he didn't know Lovejoy was, which makes me think but Lovejoy's meant to be infamous. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It wasn't very clear, was it? But um, this is a bit where Terence is an absolutely horrible man because he's basically he saying, is, like... He is, actually. He's a shit. He's like... Cause, Lovejoy is like, what are you doing? Why are you pretending to be dead? Your wife is grieving for you. Mm. He's like, oh, she'll get it's over awful. it. No, but that he is awful, particularly he when she doesn't care said, about his wife at all. It, it goes back to that comment of hers of, you know, whatever you think, he was always very good to me. Well, no, he's not. This is the most horrific can thing you, you can do that? to a person. It's awful. And he doesn't I wrote the same care. thing too, though, with, I just want to say, I wrote, uh, what was it? Knocks on door of motel and Sullivan answers three exclamation marks. <laughs> So I found that implausible. But he is horrid at this point, and he really, so not that he'd gone up in my estimation, horrible. but I just thought, no, that's awful. Well, he does sort of back down a bit later on. He sort of says, well, tell her if you want, doesn't really matter. And I thought, that's, that's just, really? That's yeah, even it's worse. Pretty... It's like, oh, yeah, I'm alive, yeah. but I just wanted to get away from you, you old. That's even mm. worse. Um, but then this again, the second time that Lovejoy um, sort of gives someone misinformation to make them feel bad. So Lovejoy pretends to Sullivan that Charlie Gimbert has sent the boys round oh, yes. to Maureen and scared her. Well, but obviously Terence has been much more of a shit than that. that is, so. No, 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 that's true. That's um, true. So basically Lovejoy's kind of offer to, to Terence is, look, I'll, I'll, I won't tell anyone that I, that I know you're alive 
if you let me keep the money for the geese. I know they're your geese, um, yeah. but I'm going to keep the money and I'm going to give it to your wife or Gimba or whatever, but I'm, you know. And then Sullivan suggests splitting the money 50-50. Now, I think we've got to remember, I mean, I know he's faked his own death, but they are his geese. Yeah, they do belong to him. They do yeah, belong to him. Yeah, but you don't have him. it both ways. You don't get to say, I'm dead, oh, but I want the money for these random geese. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all very confusing. He's, yeah, so... he's rude to the blonde. That's the bit that I'm trying to shoehorn in. Yeah. Because basically they find Terence because they stalked yeah, the blonde the lady, the students. Yeah. Um, and she's in the Lydia, middle, but she's having a shout. Oh yeah, Lydia, that's her name. And she's having a shout. What does he say to her? I didn't write it down. She's in the shower when Lovejoy is confronting Sullivan about all this stuff. And then she comes out and, and uh, Pete Poss is like, it's just really horrible to her. He's like, put your it's clothes just... on. Oh yeah. It's a... Do you know what it reminded me? It reminded me a bit of Charlie when he had the woman from Casualty. And she yeah. went, I'm not having fun, Charlie. In Brighton. In Brighton, yeah, yeah. which was also a Jeremy Cash. Paul episode, of course. Of it course, was also a Jeremy Paul yeah. episode, so, so there you are. Dainty dish. Not that I'm a geek, but so, <laughs> here we are. So Lovejoy then asks Sullivan, because Sullivan's like, you know, I've got a buyer for these geese. And so Lovejoy says, oh, is it Dehont, the the, ge- the buffalo slash geese guy? And Sullivan <laughs> says, oh, no, no, no. But Lovejoy seems to think that it is. It is. He yes. denies it. Well, it's got to be a niche market. Let's but face then, it. Well, but then in the next scene, we find out about... So we've already got someone who Mike from... Or Michael Martin from Macclesfield knows. We've got De Hont, or De Honk, as I heard, called him in my head, because I'm very funny. <laughs> Much more appropriate geese-related. <laughs> yeah, she is very funny. Um, and then Gimbert knows someone called Albert Tappy near Hatfield, who is also obsessed with geese. Can so I mention something here, just in case nobody's written it down apart from me Lovejoy has a mobile phone when he's on I his I did his notice that to I feel this see. is so a... then it, but it's important for later on because Charlotte rings him yeah he thinks he, he rings Charlotte out. I think oh he rings her he, he thinks he's sorted something out on the phone but of course for some reason he doesn't know how a mobile phone works and she only gets like 20% of the conversation she doesn't think... understand what he was telling her because he's going through a tunnel it must be the first time that we've seen a mobile phone oh, and not a car excited. phone yeah. because it's not like attached. But also, he does... I All I'd written, I noticed he had a mobile phone and just said, oh, and he's driving while talking on a mobile phone. <laughs> yes, Safety yeah, standards were not what they are now in the 90s. That did I wrote that. That was my, uh, that was my did, only reference. Even it's a watershed episode because suddenly he has a mobile phone. And well, he's, yeah. Although, although he's nicked it off Charlie, hasn't he? Because Tink does say, where did you get that from? Well, around this time, they all had them in in Dallas and Dynasty, and it was seen as this. It was the height of luxury, wasn't it? You'd be sat by your pool mm. with a with like a mobile phone or one of those phones. It wasn't a proper mobile phone, but it was the one that you could walk out of your house and have the big aerial. Yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah. So I've written here so just before the, the mobile call because I think someone said Beth. I think brings this up. So Beth is like because we as we oh, said yes. with Eric, Beth is us. Like Eric was yeah, our, yeah, like yeah, the viewer, yeah. and she's like. But who, I don't get it, who owns the geese? And I'm like, yeah, exactly like I just said. Like, surely, I mean, I know he's pretending to be dead, but he's not actually dead. He hasn't certified himself as dead. Like, legally, he's not dead. Well, I don't know, legally, is he dead? Has someone else certified him as dead? Because well, he's not... Well, okay, we don't, to be fair, we don't know if he's been certified. No, probably not, actually, this early on. I mean, and then even if he doesn't, does then not, does then Maureen not own it? But kind of, in some ways, Lovejoy acts like he's owns it. But I think Maureen, isn't the implication that, 
well not the implication but actually Lovejoy is sort of arguing well you know what mate you're out the picture you've said you're dead Maureen needs money these are therefore hers yeah, because and he's you're dead remember you can't have it both ways I'm trying to help your wife out you're dead you yeah. do not get a say in this matter because you've chosen to be dead yeah <laughs> but Arnold Tappy yes oh I loved him I know he was probably really over the top, but I loved him so much. So before we see Tappy and Terence is back on the ferry, and he's caught. Oh, he's coming back. No, no, no. He's going. Well, presumably he's going back to Holland. I got very confused. I think I thought that when Lovejoy confronted Terence, he'd gone to France or something. No, they were still in. uh... I don't know why I thought that. Lovejoy doesn't like boats. No, he so, doesn't, does Despite he? being so on them quite Terence often. Terence is back on the ferry and he's calling De Hont saying, can I meet you tonight about the geese? Um, so it is, <laughs> so we, that's when we know it is De Hont. And who can, who can refuse an invitation like that? At Valoonstrasse or whatever they're going to meet at. So, um, uh, and then, yeah, they go and see, so Lovejoy, Tink and Beth go and see Albert Tappy. I love him. I love him. I love that people like this exist and they do <laughs> and they exist. they do exist. There's that amazing clip with Billy Connolly talking about the guy who lives in the big posh house and, and has a toboggan slide. <laughs> and he says, what do you do in your spare time? And he went, toboggan. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen that? Because it is no. glorious and beautiful. Well, and Albert Tappy is like that, but like, mm, he's... He's like that geese. geese. And then, I used to be why, a goose. Why in, a, in, a, in a past life, I was a goose. And I thought, of course you were, well, you lovely well, man. In fact, he says, <laughs> in fact, he says it's... Sorry, to, he says it's not because I was a goose. <laughs> oh, not... Oh, does he? I'm sorry. Oh, I wish no, he was. I wish no, he was. It would have been much better if he said he was, wouldn't it? That would have been better. I, I, do you know what? I think I just deliberately, like, mis- deliberately misheard it and assumed because that seemed to make more sense. I, um, at this point, he says, oh, the goose, it means so much. He's written a book called Geese and Their Place in History, which has not been published. Um, but then he starts talking about all the... the the usage of the word goose in our language, there aren't that many usages. There's goosebumps, goose pimples. A goosebumps is where you sell geese, so that's not yeah. really a like a ter- like language, is it? It's just a place. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the other one he said. Well, I think because goose fair, a goose fair now is just a big fair. Do you know oh, what I mean? Like the goose, yeah, the fair. No, the Nottingham the... Goose Fair. Yeah, it's just it. Somebody playing Love yeah. actually bingo just shouted bingo at this point. Yeah. I just want to say. Do you know who the Winchester anyway. geese were? We all know this. They were sex workers who worked outside the walls of the City of London. Um, I'm not making this up. So Winchester Geese uh, was the name given to sex workers who worked in Southwark or Bankside um, during medieval times. So that's on the south side of the River Thames here in London, uh, which was an area owned by the Bishop of Winchester. Um, So they weren't licensed by the city. They kind of belonged to him. Um, and paid their rent to him and a cut of their earnings, so they were known as Winchester geese. Oh, again. Was it geese or turkeys, like when they used to drive them down to London from the north and they put little boots on oh, them? Oh, yes, little I boots. Think that was, was turkeys, maybe... I think. Oh, was it? Wasn't it? I was going to say, is it geese? Because we didn't maybe have turkeys till America. But oh, maybe that's true. Maybe it was We didn't geese. have boots till turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> little boots like this. Not like Boots the Pharmacy. Not Boots the Chemist, yeah. <laughs> Boots the Chemist wasn't around. Also, while this we're, on our, very surre- while we're on our goose language bit, I've written down, are goose pimples just goosebumps? Yeah. yeah. Or 
Are goose pimples a pleasant experience and goosebumps are when you're scared? To me, goose pimples Ooh. is American and goosebumps is, is British because I never heard goose pimples growing up. It was always goosebumps. Oh, that's so interesting. I never heard goosebumps apart from in, as we've ah. already talked about, R.L. Stein. So I think goose pimples re- is the one that I know. I think it's regional. Maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. But they are, that's, it's true because they are also for, there's like pleasant goosebumps and there's unpleasant goosebumps. Yeah. Aren't there? There's that excitement goosebumps, and then it's There's just because you're bloody cold. Exactly. They're nice. Mm. Yeah. There are other words for goose, and there's goose step, isn't there? I suppose yeah. We have I it mean, in a few. There's a few, but I don't he was... think it's got as much yeah. waiting in our cultural history as Arnold. Basically, he makes, to think it he makes a very impassioned speech about geese. Um, that is true. And just his passion for them um, and then he d- there's an interesting little bit where like Lovejoy shows him the geese and, and um, he, he says oh from the Meyer collection in Stockholm and Lovejoy goes yes yes they are and he's like oh no they're not because I just made it up and Lovejoy says no you didn't it's very clever yeah it is not- quite clever actually yeah so he's sort of double crossing him but Lovejoy never knew in the first place so it's quite clever anyway so yeah so they've got these geese and basically they're trying to um, haggle with uh tappy about how much he'll pay for them basically he offers five grand um but lovejoy's like no and walk, does the trick of like saying no walking away mm. and we presume it's his usual thing of like they'll come back he loves geese he'll pay more than five <laughs> he's grand for them. he's a geese he's a goose lover so um and then he tells a story about so re- relevant to his geese and their place in history book tappy tells a story which obviously i didn't bother to check if this is true or not that the there was a story about a goose uh, or a flock of geese waking up a Roman garrison when they were being attacked. Oh, yeah. So basically, the, the geese saved the garrison, and yeah. then every year after that, the Roman armies would parade like a golden goose to this like, remember. This is my this favorite is true. thing about Lovejoy. It, it sounds is true. true. It sounds true. No, it is yeah. true. It's mm. from Rome, isn't it? It's the. I'm sure it was in Rome because the I'm sure there's garrison. somewhere that. No, there's somewhere that you go in Rome where uh, it wasn't it. Okay, I'm going. Hang on, I'm going to look it up. Uh, da, da, da. There we are. Juno's sacred geese on the Capitoline Hill saved Rome from the Gallic hordes. Well, oh, there you go. There you go. Um, uh, so yes. Then in the next scene, I know this has happened quite a lot in this podcast for me, but I believe there is a bit of Lovejoy that I have internalised, which is picnics. Because Lovejoy has got a little picnic basket, he's got fizzy wine, he's got bread, he's got cheese, and he looks at us at the camera and he says, well, what would you do with your new best friend? And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I say. I say new best friend. I say that all the time. When there's somebody that I'm like a bit interested in and I think they're really cute, I'm like, oh, my new best friend. So yeah, I mean, I can't just say before we get into Lovejoy and his picnic basket, which which I loved... Um, I was there, I was, I was thinking at this point, so what's the plan now? You just walked away from Tappy. What are you just going to hope he comes back? Are you going to sell the geese at the gala? What are you going to, is there a They're plan? They're not geese, yeah. They're not your geese anyway? I was like, whose who's, who's goose is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> whose goose is it anyway? That is absolutely brilliant. But yeah, but then <laughs> Lovejoy's got his hamper, but I mean, come on, guys, you must have noted the next scene. So Lovejoy's got his hamper, turns up to Charlotte's, because he thinks he's he thinks he's made a date with her on the phone, but obviously we know that it broke up and they yeah, didn't. Yeah, she, she didn't hear it. So he goes to her house. She's not there. So he goes to find her, and we see 
a sight to behold. <laughs> we do. We see so many sights. Now, all I want to say about this is that it actually contradicts something um, that Andy said in the interview with us. Did you notice oh, that? Oh, what was it? Because uh, we asked him about Eric always getting wet oh, and jumping yes. in the water. And he says Ian McShane would never have done it. And here and Ian the... McShane leaps with just with such Gusto. childish joy into the water. Unless it was a stunt clothed. double. Unless it was a stunt double. No, I feel like it I watched been. it at least three or four times because it was, it so, was funny. <laughs> so gorgeous. This whole... But I do love this side of him and it comes out quite a lot. This impetuous, childish, wonderful... You know, that, that does make him exciting and does make him interesting. It does make him brave and so maybe stupid. Yeah, because what but, happens... You know, uh, Lovejoy goes around to Charlie's to find... I don't know. I've, he knows that she's there. I can't remember how he finds out. So he goes around to Charlie's to see Charlotte... And it's very confusing. Now she's swimming in the pool. Charlie, Everybody Charlie. loves the pool. See, but, but, see, but guys, the sight to behold... Well, I mean, Lovejoy jumps... It's Gimba. Well, Gimba in a, in a, oh, in a, in a swimming costume. He's in like a... Skinny legs. He's in like a Victorian <laughs> ladies swimsuit, swimsuit. Smoking a pipe on a lilo. There, it, there's, it's, obviously mean, a, it's obviously a woman's... Swimming costume he's got. Maybe he's like borrowed it. Off. Is it a bit like got... you know in Travel Man? But it's not why he won't take his top off. It could maybe. Be. Uh, maybe his, his chest hair his isn't off. as nice as Ian McShane's chest the hair. And that's like, what there's it no is. hope here. Bring out chest costume. hair envy. So they put on an elderly Victorian woman swimsuit. <laughs> Break out the swimsuit. I've just put that he epitomises the whole nouveau riche that he is. He's just lying there as decadent. What can I do? I'll get my pipe and I'm going to just lie in the middle of my swimming pool on my lilo, which is nice, but the whole the thing with the pipe is just. Yeah. I preferred it when Lovejoy was eating salmon in a jacuzzi. Yeah, and I that's the more thing my about style. A swimming pool is you're meant to swim in it. Like, yeah, not, not just, just lounge sort of bubble around up and down. Like I can understand lying on a lilo if there was one of those bars that you paddle up to and you get a oh, drink yeah. and then you can lie down and have your drink. But it's, it's just a cold oblong of water outside in Suffolk as well wherever it is yeah yeah Um, but Charlotte's swimming up and down she looks very beautiful and then Lovejoy turns up and he's a little bit miffed but then they work out their differences anyway and And they decide they're just having a bit of fun and then he just jumps in the water like a big mad frog there was a little moment there where I wasn't sure what was going to happen and he kind of looked a bit sad when he was like, oh, we're just having fun. And I thought back to that Victoria moment where he said, marry me, no, I mean it, no, marry me. And she said no, and his heart yeah. was broken. And there was a little flicker of that and then he was like, do you know what, fine, I'm just going to yeah, jump in the water. Yeah, I felt like he'd grown. Like, yeah. I'm just going to jump right in. He could right feel in. himself being a bit of a dick. He could feel himself being like jealous. Not even jealous because I don't think he's jealous of Charlie, but just annoyed at himself for... Uh, messing up the day and he didn't want things to go wrong yeah and so he just jumped into a swimming pool fully clothed like like you do as you do maybe it was a very hot day <laughs> hope it was i hope it was otherwise they'd have been freezing and i bet actually i bet it wasn't they're probably filming it at silly o'clock in the morning and then i've anyway. written they've pulled this dog show together remarkably quickly and yeah i, 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 I thought say like credit to charlie here because he does pull it off it's dog it show looked, day. It yeah, but does fun. he though? You get the feeling Beth has done a lot of the work, and they they, they Beth's sort done of the publicity really hasn't she? So the she, people wouldn't have has. turned up if it wasn't. But we don't know who's actually. To be fair, we don't know who is organised. Anyway, credit to Charlie for even getting someone else. To, I mean, he's he still would have had to do something to make yeah, it all happen, yeah. right? So someone, yeah. I I I put credit to Charlie. I yes, well thought, done, Charlie. yeah, well done, Charlie. As the as for, for as the project manager. 
Yes. Exactly. So the, the dog show. overseer of the dog show. And the evening. It's not it's the evening because the dog show itself is enormous. There's like kids running around. There's like fake, like stalls. Disappointed that we didn't see any dogs. That's all I'm saying. There were loads of dogs. There was dogs. Who? Yeah, but no, I know, but we didn't see like any. We didn't linger on the dogs. We didn't linger no, on the dogs. There was no lingering of dogs. Fine for me. I and don't I like would have dogs. Liked, I would have liked that. I quite like dogs. Yeah. Um, and then basically, so we learn because I've said I already was wondering what is the plan now with these geese, and I still didn't know what the plan was with the geese. And by the, bear in mind, we're now getting quite close to the end of in the fact, episode. So I've written. So what's going to happen with the geese? Yeah, because <laughs> so. Lovejoy says, you know, I don't want to sell the geese at the gala because if I sell them at the gala event. Um, love Charlie will want the money, but I, I, then I was like, just don't give it to him. It's not his yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. It's not his money. It should go to the exactly. estate and blah blah. Like, why is he the number one creditor? I didn't get that at all. Yeah. Um, and then, as we've already said, in in the midst of all of this dog show, dead Terence turns up <laughs> in one of his in one of his lovely wigs. No, I mean this was he was dressed. Did you guys not notice this? He was dressed exactly like Lovejoy, down to the mulleted wig. Do you know what? I it, did not know. He had no, the denim, he had the jeans, he had the white t-shirt, he had the wig. Oh, this proper crease. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I, I did not notice that. that. I did I not notice that at all. So he, he, was, he, was so dressed up, he was dressed up as Lovejoy. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Well, he's I think Lovejoy Kings Lynn, isn't he? I so. think I was too distracted by thinking, why is he walking around in public? He's meant to be dead. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, that's exactly why I was distracted. That's what I wrote as well because I thought this is, seems slightly foolhardy, <laughs> really. Maybe it? he thought he was in. Maybe I didn't think that because I was like, oh, I see, he's in disguise as Lovejoy. Got it. So, um, <laughs> so basically, we so because we know that Terence has been to see Dehont, and so basically, Love Terence goes to talk to Lovejoy and is like, look, Dehont's offered me nine grand. Here's your nine hundred. I'll get, still give you commission. Like, here's your nine hundred pounds, but just take it. Just I'll just give me the geese I want to sell them I want the money I need it then I can clear all my debts and I can be free and blah blah and Tink thinks that Lovejoy should just do it yeah. it's like look mm. we're going to get 900 quid that's nine nine grand for the geese that's a pretty good price let's just take it yeah, but it. Lovejoy is basically hoping that well he's hoping quite a few things because Beth gave Tappy this flyer one of her ni- mm. most 90s flyer ever for <laughs> Beth so Lovejoy is hoping that A Tappy will turn up and then be that he'll somehow be able to pit Tappy and Sullivan against each other to for the price. But I'm like, this is why I got really. This is why I got really. And it wasn't an like, auction; it was a sale, so also, there wasn't any auctioning happening. So you'd have to do this separately and in secret. It seemed also, unnecessarily elaborate. But also, yeah. Sullivan's it was his geese in the. F- I know this whole thing about he's pretending to be dead, but they were his. Well, I mean, but he's he been was, on it he for was, De Hunt, not for himself. But but, ha- but has he had a conversation with De Hunt where he said? We, are you willing to pay a ridiculous amount of money? 50 please? grand for the, these pair of Because as far as the hunt knows, Terence is like their age. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's not yeah. the... It, it was know. very... It didn't actually make any sense at this point. Like, but anyway... It didn't... I'm glad you said that, because it didn't to me either. It seemed, It did seem unnecessarily elaborate, particularly at the point that it almost looks like he's diddling charity money away yeah. which it, it, um, yeah because the sale is for a charity it's not because the sale make, is yeah, for the charity because basically he's hoping that Tappy and Sullivan will go head to head for this goose even though one of them already owns it um, And but then this way you find out as you say that the gala is not an auction it's just a sale so that, you, that all the stuff is there but you just pay the price that's, that's on it and all, on and all the yeah. profits go to the animal action 
So I was like, well, so how's that going to work? But then obviously, Lovejoy is planning to like go against the spirit of this sale for charity. And uh, they this sneak... is what UK TV play meant when they said he's up to his old tricks. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> I'm kind of proving Charlotte wrong so early on in their relationship. And then they, so, they, so him and Tink sneak the geese in without a price on against the thing. Um, but they do at this point. They do have a lovely '90s barometer to measure well, at the event. Charlotte's so snotty about the barometer. Oh come so on! They were they were, these awful charities because they were they oh, were outside they were every church they in the nineties really had for the roof. Those. Of course, I think yeah. they're great. I loved them. They were on Blue Peter. Come they on, were, they were everywhere. Mm, I thought they were nice. They were everywhere. Um, so yeah, and then Maureen Sullivan, the widow of Terence, and her, her brother, the dentist, turn up, and obviously Terence is there. Mm. So now there's like some elaborate thing where they're going to keep them apart. But that's a pointless bit of plot because they do just keep them apart. I don't know why, but here I've written Charlie actually being nice. But I don't know what he did that was nice. Don't know. I don't maybe, maybe he said, oh, I'm so minor. sorry to hear about your husband, but surely he well, wasn't Charlotte, really Charlotte nice. Charlotte says that. Charlotte, Charlotte says, that. says that. But it, that's just normal, what yeah. you say to someone. Maybe you're calling her Charlie now. Maybe I'm, that's what I just considered. But then I don't Lottie. think I would write Charlotte actually being nice because she she's not Charlotte is nice. Because she is nice. Yeah. But yeah, um, Pete Postlethwaite and Arnold Tappy are bidding on um, the geese Albert. in like a... Oh, Albert. I, what have I been calling him? Arnold. Arnold. Oh, Isn't dear. Albert... Albert Tappy... That just sounds like Albert Tatlow from Coronation Street, wasn't it? We Albert? had to get a Coronation <laughs> Street reference in, didn't we? Boom. I mean, this is going to be a solid gold episode, kids, I'm just saying. Um, so Albert Tappy obviously does turn up to the cell because he can't resist a bit of goose. And he turns up. And <laughs> who he can? Offers, who can, Helen? Who can? Who can? And who can indeed? And he offers ten grand. And so basically, this is where Lovejoy's like, right? He's he, you know, he's offering ten. Let's. So he basically gathers them together, Tappy and Sullivan, to sort of do basically an illegal auction. So as we've learned, it's illegal to do an auction in not the proper way, isn't yeah. it? So this is illegal fully now. He's getting. It is up to his old tricks. Um, and he introduces Sullivan to Tappy, saying, "This is Terence Sullivan." Even though Terence Sullivan's meant to be dead, he's like, "This guy just not. He's not it really was, got yeah. on board with the whole I'm dead thing, really, has he?" You feel his heart, isn't it? His heart it isn't really. really. So they do this auction, and we we cut back to it, and they're up, they're up to like forty grand. 45 it was ridiculous. Grand. And I was like, I've written, oh, "This I is know the end love- of my notes for some reason because I know more happened after this." But the end of my notes is just me writing. 45 grand for geese. And there was that poor chap, like, mopping his brow. He looked so anxious, poor man. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. I know. This is... I got so annoyed at this point. Do you want to... I'm going to read my notes verbatim. Auction has got up to 40k. 45k. Is that really what DeHont will pay? How does Sullivan know? Also, trying to buy his own geese. Why so much? Are they that unique? (laughs) (laughs) Can't you get them somewhere else? I was just so, I was like, it doesn't From the garden centre, I would suggest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you can get a <laughs> pair only, just like if it. If they're only worth two or three grand, that means they're not that special, which means you can just get another Go and pair. Go get another pair. You don't have to buy this pair. Wow, they didn't have eBay in those days, though, did they? So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, that is true. It's not, we take all these things for granted. But they did have garden centres. So but they, did have, they definitely had garden centres. <laughs> I just got really, you know, anyway, eventually they'd sell it to Tappy, to the old old goose guy, for 50, 50 Who grand. Who looks relieved. Which is where they should go, really, because he does love them. He and, does, um, and, and Lovejoy would approve of that, that they've gone to someone who genuinely loves them. And then Lovejoy takes his 10%, but 
Charlie tries to take it off him for his debt, but Lovejoy's like, come on, you know. This is for like, Maureen. Not this is for Maureen. Yeah. And actually, Charlie, to his credit, gives it back, even though, I suppose... Oh, that's probably why I wrote Charlie actually being nice. And oh, then, yeah, that is true. But then Charlotte swipes it for the charity, because she assumes, obviously, that it's just money from something that's been sold in the sale, therefore it's... No, she knows what's going on because she's taken Tinker to one side with her glass. Of, she's given Tinker uh, a glass of something and said, now tell me what's going on uh, a little bit earlier on. But then at least Maureen has got 45 grand. So that's great. So she's yeah. she's. Sat. I mean, again, everything I've put almost, even though Lovejoy is sort of been foiled again and ends up, you know, not getting his fair share. Actually, Maureen gets her money. Um and the man who really loves geese, bless him, gets, gets his, his geese. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte and Lovejoy got it on. And yeah. he pays he pay, so, he maybe pays slightly over the odds for these geese, but you know but it's his money. I mean, he can do what he wants with it, can't he? If he but wants it, you to spend feel forty nine grand on geese, fair you know. And you feel everyone has got what they want. Yeah. In a way, except except Charlie never got his three grand back. And we're not but he can afford a swimming pool, so who can And to be fair, he actually says yeah, I don't really need it. I don't need yeah. this three So yeah, fair enough. So he do, he does kind of. Uh, so it wasn't all's well that ends well, but it was it was sort of felt unnecessarily farcical towards the end. And it just got it just didn't quite people's motives didn't quite make sense for me. Yeah, it didn't you know, for me. I, like, I don't, I, I didn't realize this as I, as I was watching it, but now that we've talked about it, I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. I think I was so won over by the dialogue, the chemistry between oh. the actors was yeah. incredible. Yes, even the actors that we won't see again, like the guy who played Tappy, or, or yeah. well, Pete Postlethwaite's a brilliant. That's is, hard to say when you've had two beers. Pete Postlethwaite's a brilliant. It's actor hard to say anyway. when you haven't had any beers, to be honest. Yeah, I loved it. I really liked it. I'm going to give it a high score. Am I? I'm going to give it... Go um, I'm going to give it an eight because I feel like this is the start of Lovejoy and Charlotte's relationship proper. And it is, I, I was really won over by it. I loved it him so having is. the picnic stuff. I loved him calling her my new best friend. I, I just really liked it. It was very he, sweet, wasn't it? Yeah. He was so childlike and adorable. I'm so torn with this one. So I'm going to give it a 7.5, even though I actually really very much enjoyed it. And I think that's just because we've had a couple recently that tied together so beautifully and so artfully and mm. this one didn't really you got the feeling that they'd thought of some good jokes and some good dialogue and then shoved them into a plot rather yeah, than thought of like, a plot which, and which then tied one can it we together. do for the Lovejoy and Charlotte yeah, together yeah do you know do what I mean one. now I love it I love how their relationship is getting together I liked Goose Man <laughs> I found the whole plot <laughs> very important he was great. they call me Goose Man, Man. <laughs> Gobble, gobble. Um, <laughs> and, and he just emerges from the shadows going, why goose? <laughs> or does, it, or does he just go, goose? Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. I mean, there were aspects brilliant. of it that were brilliant. So I'm giving it a 7.5, even though everything I'm saying seems to suggest I should give it a higher score, but it just didn't feel as intricate and as artfully done as some of the others. I think the same. I think, I, well, I... So, but I would give it an eight because I did. It was very enjoyable. It was a lot, but it, of fun. but it's like when you actually think about it, it was. There were some bits where I was just a bit too confused and whatever. It cheered me up on a very but gloomy day. Exactly. It yeah. Was, it was, oh a, it was a real one to put on when you're just like, oh God. I'm and I was so really fed up. Oh, I was, just, I was so fed up today. You know, well. we're in the middle of winter. It's really dark. It's really cold. Who we're knows when we'll ever again. be able to go out of our houses again. Do you know what I did straight after? I watched this and I was I was really upset. 
upset this morning. I was sort of tearful this morning because I was just like, this is never going to end. I've had enough. She doesn't mean the podcast listener, just to Not the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that is going to end and that makes me sad. <laughs> That's how I fit. No, I'm kidding. That is the pandemic. The but, pandemic. But the pandemic. And so I watched this and this cheered me up. So then I watched The Lost Colony. Again. Oh. Brilliant. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I would also give it eight because... But I did really love it. So, I mean, for me, in some ways, it's very, very high top up there. But I'm sort of marking it down almost, even though eight is still a high score, mm. for those elements where I was just like, what? Why are you bidding on something that is yours? I don't get it. Uh, so, yes, eight from me. I've got a really specific antique. Of the go on, you go it's, first. Then. It's not even an antique, to be fair. Uh, I think go now on. it would be like... I've forgotten which way around they are. I think now it would be retro, maybe. Go on. When the judge's wife came to have a swim in Charlie's Pool, mm. right at the beginning, she mm-hmm. was carrying her kit in a lilac head bag. Yes. And that is my school bag. I was oh! so surprised to see it. I was like, oh my God, it's my bag. Everyone had those... white, white and gold. Everyone had those... exactly the same. But everyone did have those Everyone bags. had those head right. bags as their school bag. Yeah. I didn't have one, so I wasn't really cool. really heavy. Why was I carrying all my shit around in that? I don't know. But yeah, I loved it. When I saw it, I felt that sense of familiarity and like... A bit Aww. like when we were talking about Goosebumps, the, the series. Point, point, horror. Yeah, point horror. Point horror. Yeah. That sudden feeling of connection that's... with who I was then just like whew, it was lovely that point horror thing has been the weirdest moment because it's it is honestly something I haven't thought about for years and I, I went online after that and <laughs> which is probably why I'm not making a lot of sense I went online after you said it earlier like, and looked all at all these. the pictures and it just brought oh, my entire like horror. teenage years back to me so good also I mean I would quite like one of those kit bags now for mm. going swimming because I kind of struggle like all my bags now are sort of grown up lady bags so I don't really... When I want to go, like, take a towel and a flask and a hot water bottle and just because I swim outside and, like, my swimming gloves and my swimming socks, like, I've got too much kit to go in, like, a, 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 yeah. like a business rucksack. I need to get, a, like, a big kit bag for the gym. But, yeah, so I want one of those, please. I'm yeah. trying to get one on eBay. I'm going to have a look now. Get one for, like, I two want quid. to... I want to have point horror novels as my, <laughs> even though they're not in the episode, well. but they are <laughs> contemporaries. They were all yes. produced like 91, 92, yeah. 93, all around that yeah. time. Yeah. If I can't have those, or even if I can have those, I do also want the invitations that were produced oh, by yes. Beth. That was going to be mine. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so we, no, well, you can, can have them it. and I'll have point horror no, no, novels. Well, okay. Yeah, because I definitely want the flyer. It just it just reminds me. It was so nineties, just the design, the type, and I just thought that is how you used to like. And I think as well, I don't know about you two, although I'm going to assume yes. But when you've been in a lot of sort of amateur productions from the age of whatever thirteen, fourteen. And you have had to like make the flyers yourself, or somebody else in the group yeah, yeah. has made the flyers. They do look like that, and it was they just do really look cute. like that. Absolutely. I if I can find my Lady of Shalott flyers. They must be around. Here. Mine oh. still look like that now. <laughs> it's why you <laughs> did the flyers when we did the Camden Fringe because mine still look like that. Even though these days we have Photoshop <laughs> <laughs> publisher. Yeah. And so, what have we learned? Always eat your chops before you. I don't know. I lost my. I don't 
don't know why I couldn't say it. I learned, I learned that geese had more of an impact on the English language than I was aware before I watched mm. this episode. Mm. Very culturally significant, those geese. Culturally significant, except less so than he implied. I want to read, what was it called, his book? The his, was it? Uh, it was called... Geese and Their Place in History. Yeah. I want to read that. I think, what did I learn? What did I learn? I don't. I feel like this episode wasn't really about learning anything. <laughs> it was about enjoyment, oh, pure, I think pure I, I, joy. This is not something that I did learn. I think I learned, and I learned it with Lovejoy as he learned it, that sometimes people will stand you up by accident and it's not yeah. their fault and they're not doing it to be malicious. They just yeah. literally didn't understand you when you were trying to communicate yeah. with them. And when that happens, instead of being like a moody ass and stalking off, you should just jump into a swimming pool and let it go. That's what I've learned. Oh, he did handle it very well. Yes, well done, love, Joy. Mm. I've... No, I haven't learned anything. Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. It's not (laughs) compulsory. I'd like to make something up, but I'm forcing it. No, No, don't force it. Um, You can find us online. Yes, please do. Oh, find Polly online because she's... Find me online! We say, we say us. awful. My, yeah, I've got to get better at Instagram. I was on it for a while, then I just abandoned it. So I, I haven't done very it. much with Instagram. I've, I've replied to the odd message, but um, if you go on Twitter, I am very overexcited about the Twitter, particularly as I came off Twitter myself. So this I'm now only on Twitter. Twi- only uh, my only twat. I like that. Um, so come, come on Twitter and talk to me. We had a couple of lovely messages. I do like being messaged and either privately or publicly or whatever. And uh, that would be nice. And we haven't had a review for a while, and I'm always just desperately kind of digging for reviews. So we would yeah, love so some if you're reviews. New and well, I suppose if you're new, if they're review. new, if you're new, review. But also if you're new. You probably won't hear this until like 2022. I didn't mean to make that rhyme. I'm so pleased that it did. Um, because <laughs> unless you binge it all in like two weeks or something. Um, isn't it great, by the way, when you find a podcast that you didn't know existed and then you oh, look yeah. and you're like, oh my God, there are like a hundred episodes of this. It's the best. Anyway, That's so, it's so brilliant. You're like, this is my listening sorted out for the next. Well, I'm doing well, when cleaning. I... I listen to podcasts yeah. cleaning. When I discovered No Such Thing as a Fish and then realised it was already about three years yeah. in, it's been my running companion. It's the reason that I went running so much last year is I was like, right, scroll through. Oh, I haven't listened to that one. So you can find us online at Lovejoy A Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and review us and tell us how brilliant we are. Thank you. And rate yeah. us, and also we are on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/Lovejoy. Actually, um, Polly's going to start writing some posts for it. Yeah, so I've we've said got it out lo- loud now, Polly. So you got to do it. Polly's, Polly's <laughs> already <laughs> written a post for it. She's got already... some more coming up. Yeah. Polly's on furlough, guys. <laughs> <laughs> And I have bought a proper computer, not just sneakily doing everything on my work laptop where I can't download any software. So now that I have done that, maybe there'll even be some properly edited videos. Ooh, excellent. So you should become a Patreon if you possibly can and want to support us. That would be lovely and we would love you forever, literally. That's not even... Like, pretend we actually would love you forever. <laughs> we actually, we, I, we already love you, but we'll love you even yeah. more with that. So thank you very much, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, bye. Bye, 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 bye. 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 bye.